the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Monday, the 13th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. I appreciate you being with us this morning for the authority. We've got a lot of work to do today. We're going to look back at the 9-11 commemorations over the weekend. We're going to look forward uh, to the tyranny uh, of a new, new America. I was off on Friday, the day before 9-11. Obviously, I spoke to you at great length on Thursday about what the anniversary of the worst terror attack in the uh, history of this country meant to me. I left Rob Walgate to uh, guide you through it on Friday, and I know he did a phenomenal job because he always does a phenomenal job. So I hope you appreciated that. But today, um, we, we now are facing something that I didn't get a chance to talk about on Friday since Rob was in. And that is the tyranny of the United States. We are in a very, very dangerous path. We are on a very, very dangerous course. And it's one that we are going to have to work collectively, not as collectivists, mind you, but we will have to work together to stop before it is too late and there is no turning back from it. And I'm not exaggerating that in the least. And, of course, I'm speaking of the tyranny that was announced and is being imposed by the Biden administration on free private businesses. Well, once free and private businesses, now uh, not free, now under the thumb of a tyrannical, oppressive, massive government edict. Um, Corporations and businesses all over this country representing some 100 million American workers, um, forcing them to give up their medical freedom, give give up their own health autonomy, because the government says so. If you don't think that's a dangerous road, then you're probably listening to the wrong show. 
if you want to understand it a little bit better and if you already understand it but you want to talk about getting uh, how to deal with it and strategizing, by all means, then stay right here. Now, before we get into the details of that, I want to start with our Pledge of Allegiance as we do each and every morning. And I know this means a lot to a lot of people, and especially this morning, it should. Because the pledge that we are about to make, the allegiance we are about to swear, is to a country that gives us liberties unlike any other. And again, those are what is at stake right now. So I hope you are prepared. Patriots, please stand. Face your flag if you have one. At least put your hand over your heart. Leftists, Obama voters, Biden voters, tyranny supporters, mandate pushers. Go ahead and take a knee and sit this one out. You are not uh, obliged to agree with that that you despise. Let's say the pledge together. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You are not obliged, I repeat, you are not obliged to pledge allegiance to this country. We hope you want to pledge allegiance to this country, but by your words and actions, we understand that you do not believe in it. And so we do not want you to fake it. We don't want you to pose. I would rather have you, uh, see you and hear you loud and proudly being what you are if you are anti-American. Now, having said that, and before we get into the actual tyranny of the Biden administration and the threat to our republic... Uh, by the way, little rundown here. I always give you the rundown. Jim Jordan will not be on the air with us today as he is every Monday. Jim Jordan will be live and in studio with me on Wednesday for all two hours of the show, taking York phone calls. If you've ever had a question for Jim Jordan, this is your chance on Wednesday. If you've ever had a comment, if you've ever had a question or comment for just somebody in Congress that you need to have answered, Wednesday is your opportunity with Jim Jordan. He will be taking your calls for two solid hours. So he will not be with us today. Well, whom we will have with us today, though, or a man that we will have with us, uh, is Pastor Arthur Pulaski. Remember him as the Polish priest uh, working in Canada who has been targeted by the Canadian police and the Canadian, uh, well, their own tyranny, uh, tyrannical government, not allowed to hold church services, continually being harassed by the Canadian police until the point where he, uh, in a very viral video, threw them out, threw the police out as they came in to bother him and interrupt him as he, um, uh, as he uh, uh, conducted his services. Uh, so all of that uh, you've heard before. We've talked to Pastor Pulaski before. He's going to be back in Medina again tonight giving another speech. And I really like to support these things. He's going to be giving another speech tonight in Medina, and uh, uh, we look forward to talking to him about that and more at 1010 this morning. So no Jim Jordan. We will talk to Pastor Pulaski. Now, before we get into the tyranny of the Biden administration as it pertains to vaccine mandates, um, I just want to hit this because it gives me a small, small little reason for hope. Avowed leftist Bill Maher has, over the course of the past few weeks, shocked and angered a lot of his leftist base, his left leftist viewers on his HBO television program, uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. He has shocked them because he has found himself 
being very, very critical of a lot of the leftist conventions uh, that are that are kind of being pushed and promoted right now. Um, and they don't like it. They don't like it at all. Some are saying that he's flipping and actually becoming conservative. I wouldn't go that far. But I will say that he is starting to see the light just a little bit, starting to recognize. He's not a dumb man. Bill Maher is very, very uh, intelligent and sometimes very, very funny. He's a comedian, after all, first and foremost, a comedian and a, and a commentator, obviously, and a political pundit. But um, while I won't say that he's flipping to becoming a conservative, I'm, I'm encouraged that he is talking to his fellow liberals, his fellow leftists, um, in a way that says, we've got to start looking at the reality of the situation here. Maybe we're not right all the time. This gives me a reason for hope. On Friday which was one day after the NFL. Again, I wasn't on the air Friday, so I couldn't even talk about this on, on, on these airwaves. But uh, one night after, or one day after, the NFL's season opened on Thursday night with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And I did not watch the game, uh, and I did not see the opening performances. But I found out after the fact, of course, that yes, the NFL went ahead and did their Black National Anthem along with the national anthem. You notice how I didn't call it the white national anthem, nor the Latino national anthem? There is just one national anthem. But in their bended knee to wokeness and to BLM and to anti-racism, etc., the NFL, disgusting, reprehensible, divisive, pathetic, political punks that they are, made sure to have two national anthems, one for black people and one for, I guess, all other people. So they did the black national anthem with somebody named Alicia Keys doing the performance before the actual national anthem. Bill Maher took to the airwaves on his TV show on uh, HBO on Friday night and said, quote, I saw the game last night, or excuse me, I saw last night on the football game, Alicia Keys saying, lift every voice and sing, which is the black national anthem. Now, maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, he said, which is, uh, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think when you go down a road, when you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have, many of them have different graduation ceremonies for black and white people, separate dorms. This is what I mean, segregation. You have inverted the idea. We're going back to that under a different name, he said. Within 20 years, um, the, the Black National Anthem was being sung over the South and in some other parts of the country, wrote Weldon Johnson of the song in 1935. Today, the song, popularly known as the Negro National Hymn, is quite generally used. The lines of this song... Uh, uh, let's see, this is uh, Weld- okay, yeah, I'm sorry, this is Weldon jo- James Weldon Johnson uh, speaking. This wasn't Bill Maher. I apologize if that was confusing. James Weldon Johnson spoke of the words to lift every voice and sing. He was the poet who wrote those uh, words in a poem that were then crafted into a song in the 1920s. That he said, within 20 years it was being sung, or uh, it was noted, the lines of the song repay me in elation almost of extinguish uh, or excuse me, of uh, exquis- exquisite anguish whenever I hear them sung by ne- Negro children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the Daily Wire reported specifically after the f- uh, NFL kickoff on Friday or on Thursday night, but they reported on Friday, quote, 
A video of Alicia Keys singing Lift Every Voice and Sing was played in the stadium with the help of the Florida A&M Concert Choir. That's an HBCU. Uh, That's a historical black college university. And then the Star Spangled Banner was played shortly thereafter. Tonight, the NFL, as it did last year, will present this Lift Every Voice and Sing black national anthem um, during all special events. Mike Tirico said it will happen at several league events during the year, the NFL continuing to the attention around social justice causes. Uh, according to Front Office Sports, the NFL also plans to make the Black National Anthem a prominent part of all events, not, in, not uh, including not just games, but also award shows and other presentations. And during his show Friday, Marr acknowledged that he has been hitting the political left lately. And he's been doing so because they have, quote, been embarrassing me, end quote. He said, that's why I'm going after the left. So I'm going to bring all this home. The, the black national anthem is being featured by the most popular sport in the most popular league in the entirety of the United States. And it's not close. The NFL is the most popular sport in America, far more popular in terms of attendance, in terms of ratings, uh, in terms of reach. Uh, in terms of our uh, popular culture, the NFL far more than baseball, far more than basketball or anything else. So the most popular league, having the most popular sport in the world, has decided they're going to play divisive politics everywhere they go. In games, at league events, at press conferences, at award ceremonies, and so on and so forth. They're going to continue an ad campaign declaring that the National Football League is indeed woke and that the National Football League is devoted and dedicated to all of this social justice. And if that means acknowledging two national anthems, then that's exactly what they are going to do. So let's bring it all home. Since the left is insistent, and this in this case the left being represented by NFL uh, executives, since they are insistent on declaring that the Star-Spangled Banner by Francis Scott Key is not our national anthem. It is just a national anthem, and it can be joined by other national anthems. And that's what they're doing here, separating America by race, the black anthem, and then the everybody else anthem, but not the national anthem. Since that's what what they're doing, I feel it is incumbent upon me to play the real anthem national anthem of the United States of America in the age and era of the Biden administration. This is not for now and forever, but as long as Joe Biden is president and as long as he is governing in this manner, this shall be our national anthem. Sound familiar? You better get used to it. Party of Lenin. 
strength of the people. To communism's triumph, lead us on. Through tempests, the sun rays have cheered us. Along the new path where great Lenin did lead. To a righteous cause, he raised up the peoples. Inspired them to labor and valorous deed. Sing to the motherland. Home of the free? Bulwark of peoples in brotherhood strong. Oh, party of Lenin. The strength of the people. To communism's triumph, lead us on. In the victory of communism's deathless ideal, we see the future of our dear land. And to her fluttering scarlet banner, selflessly true we always shall stand. Sing to the motherland. If you don't know the words to the Soviet national anthem, you better learn them. Because they are coming to an NFL stadium near you. They are coming to presidential press conferences. Oh, party of Lenin. The strength of the people. You didn't think it would get this far, did you? And if you think that it has reached its climax, you ain't seen nothing yet. We'll be right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. It might have been a little dramatic. It might have been a little bit over the top. It's not inaccurate. You understand that? What I just did, what I just played for you, might have been a little dramatic. It might have been a little bit melodramatic. It might have been a little bit over the top, but it is not inaccurate. The Soviet national anthem reflects what is happening in this country right now. If you don't understand, in all seriousness... If you don't understand how much the American government right now resembles the communist Chinese government, the communist Russian government, represented as the, uh, by the former Soviet Union and those governments, if you don't see the similarities and if they don't make you literally tremble 
at the idea of what our country is becoming. You aren't paying attention or you're just not cognitively able to process all of this. Dr. Anthony Fauci, in supporting Joe Biden's vaccine mandate for 100 million, that's a third of the country, 100 million Americans are estimated to be employed by companies with at least 100 uh, employees and thus are subject to Joe Biden's communist order that they roll up their sleeves and take a shot from a syringe filled with Lord knows what because the government says so. Anthony Fauci, in support of that mandate, said that unvaxxed people should not be allowed to travel. Not by rail, not by flight. They should not be allowed to be on public transportation. Do you understand that that is the beginning of communist principles being applied in the United States? This is exactly what they do in communist China right now. Today, not previous years, not under Mao. Right now, today, under Xi Jinping. In communist China, if you don't do what the government tells you to do, you don't travel. You are held where you are. That's it. Disagree with the government, refuse their edict, and lose your privileges. Now, in the United States, this is particularly egregious because privileges, like, I don't know, moving from here to there, traveling, on public transportation, used to not be called a privilege. It used to be called freedom. In China, they haven't had freedom in a very, very long time, if ever. In communist nations, they haven't had freedom. So the people there, perhaps, don't even understand how difficult it is, what they are being forced to do in order to gain privileges. But people here who have enjoyed freedom since the birth of this country, to them, they know what it means to lose freedoms and have them categorized as privileges. And if you want the privilege, not the right, to travel, move about, eat in public, gather in large spaces with large groups of people, if you want those privileges, you will roll up your sleeve and take the shot. Period. If you dissent, you will be castigated, removed from society. It is that serious and it is that dangerous. That Soviet national anthem, was it over the top? I don't think so. Because I think it's exactly the direction we're headed. 216-901-0945. Join me next. AM 1420, The Answer. Social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yeah, those delicate ears are uh, not going to like what they hear uh, out of their speak- these uh, radio speakers today. Thanks for being with us. So the mandate is in, and it is so incredibly incredibly important that every company, according to Joe Biden, that has at least 100 employees, 100 or more, must 
make their employees get vaccinated or the companies will pay the price. The companies then will do what in order to make sure that they don't have to pay a fine? They will have to fire, terminate, lay off, remove unvaccinated employees. And this is so important to the general health of the nation that our leaders who should be setting the example are exempt from it. Did you know that members of Congress, 535 members of Congress and their staffs will be exempt from the Biden vaccine mandate? Now, I I emphasized 535 for a reason. There's 435 members of the House and 100 senators. I emphasize that for a reason because that would seem to me that it's over 100 employees working for the federal government in the legislative branch. And those staffers, each one of those uh, members of Congress has a large staff, most of them in double digits. So you have more than 100 uh, working for the uh, legislators themselves. Why is it that the, the mandate that is so important, that is so essential to national public health, according to Tsar Biden, why is it that members of Congress and their staffs are exempt from it? Somebody's going to have to explain that to me because I just don't understand it. The rule will be expedited to avoid the comment period that typically allows those who would be affected by a given order to weigh in. While OSHA has authority to set certain health and safety standards in the workplace, it would be stretching its authority to claim that it can be used as a means to facilitate broader public health goals. Just this July, the Congressional Research Service updated a report on the emergency standard and noted that OSHA has rarely used this authority in the past, not since the court struck down its ETS on uh, asbestos in 1983. Meanwhile, federal workers and federal contractors will be subject to a wholesale vaccine mandate, as well as health care workers who work in facilities that receive Medicare or Medicaid funding, but not uh, congressional members and their staffs. According to the New York Times, Biden's mandate, quote, will apply to employees of the executive branch, including the White House and all federal agencies and members of the armed forces, a workforce that numbers more than 4 million, but not to those who work for Congress or the federal court system. The reason workers outside the executive branch are exempt is because Biden is implementing the mandate via executive order. In other words... The king can wave his scepter and only order the American citizens, private American citizens and private American companies and uh, workers in the federal government who are under his executive authority, only they are subject to the wave of that scepter. But the people who work for the legislative branch, it doesn't count. That's a remarkable um Difference, isn't it? This is this is a pretty remarkable standard that all of the United States public health is at stake here, but we have hundreds of members of Congress and even hundreds more members of their staffs that are not subject to this executive order. Perhaps this should be an indicator to King Biden, to dictator Biden, that he should give this order, that it is something that should be done legislatively. That if a mandate on, on that would be forced upon the American people were to be given, that perhaps our legislators should have a say in this. 
If his executive order only applies to us, uh, you know, plebes, and it doesn't apply to them, then perhaps it's something that isn't constitutional. That's why we have a legislature. That's why we have a three separate but equal equal, uh, branch of government system. One of checks and balances so one doesn't go too far. Why didn't Joe Biden ask Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to undertake legislation to make mandates, uh, vaccines mandated, rather? And the answer is, of course, the people would never go for it. The people would never allow it. He knows full well that there is a significant hesitancy, if not outright pushback, by millions and millions and millions of Americans against forced vaccination. And that to make the... um, legislators vote on this and cast a vote to make all of the Democrats, and perhaps some of the Republicans, but all of the Democrats who would vote for a mandate, make them face the voters when it comes time for re-election, he knows it would crush his chance of getting anything done in the second two years of his term. He is already facing a very uphill battle, as long as there is election integrity, because generally speaking, the party that's in power in the executive branch, in other words, the party of the president, usually takes a beating in the first uh, midterm election of his first term. And that's just very much histor- historic, an historical fact. Republicans are going to take back the House, provided there is election integrity, and that is a big if. And Joe Biden knows it. The majority may be significant in both houses of Congress if Current members of of, uh, of Congress had to cast votes on mandating vaccines. That's why Biden did this with his scepter. That's why he used his phone and pen, if you will, this executive order, and didn't ask the legislators to be a part of it because he knows he would be destroying the Democrat Party at the federal level. So there are no House or excuse me House and Senate vaccine mandates, not for the uh, for the members and not for the staffers. None of them. But for you, well, you do what the king tells you to do. Remember, the rules are for thee and not for me. So how are businesses, workers, responding to this new order by the dictator of the United States of a communist America, Joe Biden? How are they reacting to this? Well, here's one example. We begin to see the challenges with a vaccine mandate on a workforce where there's already a worker shortage. Lowville's hospital will hold off on delivering babies after September 24th. 7 News reporter Brendan Straub live tonight. And Brendan, why is the hospital choosing to do this? Garrett, it comes down to staffing. And because of the vaccine mandate, some workers are choosing to resign instead of rolling up their sleeve. At Lewis County Health, too many are resigning to keep the maternity ward open. We are unable to safely staff the service after September 24th. Lewis County Health System CEO Jerry Kayer is talking about the maternity unit. The hospital pausing delivering babies due to an increase in resignations, six of them within the unit, since the state mandated all hospital workers must get at least one dose of the COVID vaccine by September 27th. If we can pause the service and now focus on recruiting nurses who are vaccinated, we will be able to re-engage in delivering babies here in Lewis County. All right. So that's just one particular situation that's in, in, uh, in New York. It's Lowville, New York, Lewis County, New York. The nurses 
who deliver babies, the maternity ward employees have said, we're out, we're done. We're not going to be forced to take something we don't believe in and we don't trust. The efficacy of which is in great question and the long-term side effects of which are completely unknown. We're not taking this chance. Why do you think that maternity ward workers would be the ones to kind of draw a line in the sand here? Could it be because they themselves, medical professionals, they themselves do not trust the CDC when they tell you, don't worry, it's not going to affect your own fertility. No, don't worry about it. They don't know if this is going to affect the fertility of females. They have no idea. There have been a lot of concerns about the uh, uh, mRNA, uh, mRNA cocktails that may impact the ability for women to get pregnant. Now, I'm not making a declaration that they can't and that there is an impact, but they don't know yet. Part of the reason long-term studies haven't been done yet on these vaccines, which is why the approval by the FDA of the Pfizer shot is such a joke, is because a long term of time hasn't passed. You haven't seen years worth of effects on people to determine what uh, these these vaccines are going to do, particularly again on women and perhaps their their uh, fertility. Uh, their fertility. We'll stop there. So hospital workers are stopping. You think that's going to end there? There are more employees around the country ready to fall on the sword ready to say, I'm not doing it. If you have to fire me, fire me. If I have to resign, I'll resign. But I'm not going to take this unproven, and I don't care that it is FDA approved now on the Pfizer side. It is still unproven. I ask you this. What changed from the day before the FDA granted approval to these to their uh, Pfizer vaccine and the day that they did grant the, the uh, full approval? What changed? Nothing. Nothing changed. They didn't change the cocktail. And they still don't know any more about the long-term effects because, again, a long period of time has not gone by, which is why the FDA approval of Pfizer, which I also need to note, the FDA only approved the Pfizer vaccine, which is leading to all of these new mandates to get vaccinated by colleges and corporations and now by the federal government itself, exerting executive, unconstitutional executive authority over private uh, corporations and businesses. They're just saying you have to get a shot, not the shot that has been approved by the FDA. They're saying get any old shot will do. Any old shot will do. The FDA only approved, which again, as I've noted, is, 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 a, is a fallacy, that somehow, some way, the shot is safer now because the FDA gave its approval than it was the day before the FDA gave its approval, and it was only being administered on an, on an emergency basis. The, the Pfizer shot is the only one that has been quote-unquote approved, and yet Joe Biden and everybody, uh, every other uh, mandate supporter here is saying just get a shot. You can still get the Moderna shot. That's not been approved. But we'll sign off on it as being you're okay. Get the Johnson & Johnson shot. Hey, that's no problem. That one hasn't been approved either, but it's okay. Which proves that the FDA approval means nothing in the grand scheme of this, uh, you know, this attempt to essentially eliminate what used to be rights and are now being turned into privileges. You think that's an exaggeration? White House officials are already hinting that air travel will face COVID mandates 
after a House Democrat introduced a bill to require vaccines or tests on all domestic flights and even railway on Amtrak. Think about that for a second. I I made this point in the uh, very opening monologue, and it's been an extended monologue this morning. I see you on hold. I'm coming to you, I promise. I just have so much to say here. This is what happens when I take a day off like I did on Friday. I get it all built up inside me, and I've got to respond to all of this. But as I noted, travel by rail and by air, movement about which used to be considered, you know, a freedom in a free country, land of the free, as well as home of the brave, um, having it restricted by, by, because you refuse to, to consent to a government-mandated medication that you are not certain you need and are not certain how it will affect you, and that having your rights restricted and limited to privileges based upon your acceptance thereof, um, that's what they're already doing in China. That's what they've always done in communist countries. People in China can't go from here to there unless they prove they have done what the government tells them to do. You understand that? What do I have to do next? I played the Soviet national anthem in the open. Do I need the Chinese anthem now? Because this is what is happening in front of our very eyes. Meanwhile, Joe Biden also announced that fines will double those who disobey not vaccine rules, but mask rules on planes and on public transit. Double. I mean, how many, how many different ways do we need to show you this is not about medicine or health? It's about controlling the people. The studies of the efficacy of masks, particularly surgical masks or cloth masks, the studies are myriad. They're, they're all over the place. And they are unanimous that the masks don't stop COVID particles. You understand that? Only the N95 masks are proven as being effective at stopping the COVID particles, but those aren't required. Any old cloth uh, cloth will do when it comes to compliance. And this is what it's about. It's not about health. It's about forced compliance. I mean, in what free country do you have presidents taking the microphone and declaring, our patience is wearing thin? And if you break the rules, be prepared to pay. What free country has a leader saying those things? What free country has a mayor of the biggest city in the world declaring we've got to shake people? The voluntary phase is over. The way Bill de Blasio, the mayor of the largest city in the world, did. The Democrat messaging on vaccine mandates is not one of freedom. It is not one of constitutional protections. It is not one of God-given human rights. It is one. Their message is one of compliance. It is one of collective thought, of group think, and it is one of control. Period. That shot, that mask, it is not about health. It is about their control over you. And once that control has been established, show me an example anywhere in the world where freedom has been regained once it has been taken. You understand that question? Show me an example anywhere in the world of a free country which surrendered its freedoms 
gave up its autonomy, gave up its God-given liberties to a tyrannical government, and then somehow the tyrannical government gave those freedoms back. It has never happened in the course of human history. Certainly not of modernized governments as we know them. Never. Once a tyrannical government gets control, they maintain control forever. And if this doesn't spur you to action, I don't know what will. Your call's next. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's go to Tanya, calling from Akron. Good to have you back on the airwaves, Tanya. Good morning. Go ahead. Hey, everything you said is so right. You did shock me with playing the Russian national anthem, though. But I need to know if people need to go and look at the testimony of Dr. Christine Parks out of Michigan when she testified to the Michigan State Senate about all the things about COVID. She's a, she has a PhD in viral medicine. She laid it out. These vaccinations are not working. They're not, they're working. They're not supposed to prevent anybody. We don't need the mask. We just need to have herd immunity. Okay. But, uh, I think is I can't remember my the exact saying, but when they came for me, I did nothing. When they came for stone, so they did nothing. When they came for me, there was no one left. I, we talked about this years ago, that they were picking at our liberties. And people, because they weren't messing with you, you said it's not a big deal. Now they're coming after your job. They're coming after your medical care. What is left going to be left if we don't stop now? I, I told you that I don't have any kids in the school, but I will fight for the schools, the education. When they told me I had to... Uh, declare my vaccination status is none of their damn business. So they will have to fire me. And I will be, you know, I'm talking to my friends that have five or 10 employees. I'll go work for them. If you are a business and you have less than a hundred people, divide your business up so you can hire patriots because we need to fight this. If you need, if it's time to start a business, start a business and hire 95 people. It's just time to to stop them in their tracks, and we have to fight back. The flag I'm looking at right now is waving. It's waiting for us to do something. And I love you, Bob. We, we tell them back and forth, but yeah, read. Stop. Let us stop calling people Marxists and communists. We don't understand that. Bob uh, uh, Levin has a book. We are American. This is the American Marxist movement. We can understand it because it's different than any overtakeover that's ever happened in the world. Well, the, what I makes finish. it different, Tanya, and thank you, and I love you too, by the way, and I'm glad you call me as often as you do. Thank you, dear. I have a great day. Um, listen, the only thing that makes the Marxism that is being pushed upon this country right now different than in other places around the world where it has been imposed is that we, again, know what freedom already tastes like. That is the one thing that hasn't happened. There hasn't been a free country with the protections, the constitutional protections that Americans have had for nearly 250 years anywhere else in the world to then have them all stripped away and be placed under authoritative rule, under under a communist rule. 
that that's just the reality. That's what makes this different. American Marxism, American communism is different. And Mark Levin does talk about this, but it's different for us because we already know what we would be losing. When you are born into it's kind of like um it's kind of like what they just say about money in general. Do you ever hear that? And even love. Just using a couple of analogies here. Some people say that it's better to have remained poor than to have had wealth and lost it. And the reason why is because you don't know what it feels like to have resources and have wealth and then have it taken away and forced to adjust to it in a way that you've never imagined. It's better to have been born poor and stay poor because you know this is your existence and you don't know what it could be like on the other side. Same thing with love, right? That's an old cliché. It's an old axiom. It's better to have loved and lost than, than to never love at all. Is that right? Is that real? I guess that depends on your perspective. Those who have loved and lost are sometimes the first, one in line, uh, first ones in line uh, to, to harm themselves because it's so painful to have lost something that was so exquisite, and it, it has destroyed many a life. Those who have never loved at all sometimes, and again, this is speaking all hypothetically, those who have never loved at all, just this is my existence. I've never seen the glory of love and experienced it and then have it taken away from me. Well, let's put all of those examples of money and love on steroids when it comes to freedom. Those who have had freedom and then been subjugated to uh, you know, the authoritative thumb, being under the thumb of, a, of an authoritative governor, or in this case, dictator or king, uh, it's more painful for them than those who have already been already been born into uh, some sort of servitude, if that makes any sense at all. All right, uh, let's take a time out here. We'll get some news. We'll come back on the other side of the news. We're going to talk to Pastor Artur Palowski. He is the Canadian-Polish pastor who has been trying to bring the message of God to his flock in his church and has been under the authoritative thumb of the Canadian government. government continues to be harassed. He's back in Medina for another event tonight, and we're going to talk to him about that and about the uh, the mandates here and uh, to our neighbors in our, uh, with our neighbors to the north, rather. That'll all be coming up after the news on AM 1420. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 